From design trends and styles to modern materials and color, these are the building blocks for the future of commercial and residential interiors. This is Element Sessions, an Element Designs podcast. Welcome to Element Sessions, an Element Designs podcast. I'm your host, Sean Heath. You know, we as people have a very intimate relationship with kitchens and bathrooms. The reasons that we change the design of either of these spaces is a relatively straight line. There's a, there's a common set of reasons why we design our bathrooms and kitchens the way we do. But something that is constantly changing about those designs is the materials we use and the look of those places. And that all falls under a very strange word that is pronounced contemporary. I'm not going to try and explain that because today I have the pleasure of talking to an expert who can explain that word to me and everyone listening, and that is Suzanne DeRusha. She is the president for Suzanne Kimberly Design and Consulting Incorporated. Suzanne, how are you today? I'm wonderful. How are you? I'm doing very well, and I'm really excited because contemporary is a word that is supposed to have a pretty static meaning, but by its very nature, it's constantly changing. Do you find yourself just running day after day to keep updated with what the current meaning of the word contemporary is? I, well, I find myself running to, to define it, first of all, to the audience, which is typically designers that I'm speaking to, because modern and contemporary oftentimes are uh, transposed or used together. And that's typically just because consumers don't know the differences. So yes, on, on that level, I'm always looking to sort of extrapolate that. But also, yes, the style itself, because technology is a big part of contemporary, is always changing. And of course, uh, trying to keep your finger on that pulse is like knowing what each and every manufacturer is thinking and who their innovative brains are, which is nearly impossible. <laughs> Do you find that there's a bit of a battle even today between the concepts of form versus function when it comes to kitchen and bathroom environments? Well, I, I actually think there's less conflict today. I, if I were to kind of put it all together, I'd say that we are living and designing in a time that all of the elements are merging together in sort of a perfect harmony. So the sleek materials and the minimalism, the even the slight, the light toler, um, detailed tolerances that manufacturers use, that they've developed innovative hinge systems to support that. And in some cases, there are companies developing the hinge systems and the drawer guides and the lift systems, and not necessarily in conjunction with cabinet manufacturers, but the two are working together really quite well in this decade, I believe, more than they have ever before. I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to cabinetry. I love the slow close hinge. I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but I love that. It's the best thing ever because nothing annoys me more than hearing one of my kids slam a cabinet door. Yes, anybody who has children understands the value of that. So yes, the, the soft close or slow close mechanism that is within almost every cabinet line now, it's, it's become a standard. That's a lot of times why people upgrade. They'll say, I just can't take you know, the sound of my cabinets slamming anymore. And it's part of the antiquity of their 
you know, original kitchen. Do customers drive design by just their requests? Um, yes. I, I don't know if it's to that level of detail of saying, you know, that a hinge, somebody like Bloom, for example, uh, if they created this because of the demand or the need, uh, I think that's where those wonderful experts come into play within each sort of block of the process of manufacturing and the vendors that support the cabinet industry. So I, I would say yes, maybe not as directly as, say, customers coming in saying, I just want my kitchen to be bright and white. Then the shift towards white kitchens magically happens and is, you know, 80% of a cabinet manufacturer's sales. The most impactful way a consumer could possibly influence a trend would be what they buy. Absolutely. That's the proof that the consumer wants that particular thing. How? That plays towards technical and, and engineering advancements. How do customers express their designs for changes in the aesthetic? Is that just a, is it a cultural? Is it a generational? What, what are some of the indicators that you notice when a trend starts to present itself? Typically, it's driven first by influencers. And in this uh, sort of time that we're in, The biggest influencer out there is either your web marketing or HGTV. That is by far and away what most people are going to walk into a showroom and say, I saw this on HGTV. Or, I mean, it's really, if we take the subject of uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines, how they gained such momentum so fast because the followership was there and just the level of personality that they brought to it had a lot to do with that success and then why people wanted that look. Are, are we becoming a little more informed because of the growth of uh, web-based knowledge and experiences? Absolutely. So uh, I'll take an example from last week. I was talking to a client who walked into a showroom I was in and they were talking about counter surfaces and it was about the differences in quartz. So there's many manufacturers who offer that material. And the questions were surrounding the technical side of it and how does it hold up in this sheen and that sheen. And eventually we got to the place where most people get to, no matter how much research they've done. Like she really could have answered all of her technical questions. Uh, she did the research. I was just re, you know, edifying them and, and justifying it for her. But she got to the point where she said, does this look good? Is this, is this going to stay around for a while? And most people, that that honestly is what they want to know. They want to know that they're not buying a fad or a trendy trend, that what they're buying is at least somewhat timeless. And I will say, you know, that's that's something that we all desire to not have to re-spend that money in 10 more years. But we can't know ourselves. And we can't know whether all of the trends that are going to change between now and 10 years or 15 years from now are going to influence us so much that we may desire to change that regardless of its function or even whether it's really still in style. When these new materials become available, the lifespan of that material has to be one of the top two or three considerations when deciding whether or not to incorporate that into a kitchen or a bath design. It is, and it is dependent a lot on the region. We'll talk about just the region of the country and then getting into sort of like pockets. So in metro markets, that, that is less important. Most 
of that consumer base is interested in making a statement. They're, they're probably the top clients for contemporary design because they're typically living in smaller spaces. It needs to be efficient from and streamlined from a say, surface and design perspective. Uh, but then when we get out into, let's just go a big jump to the suburbs, that is less important because I have more space. I have more square footage in my home and I don't need it to be as efficient. But style in a suburban development is typically, you know, based on the home construction is transitional or traditional and not true contemporary or true modern or, or any of those pockets of styles. Just from a strict design standpoint, do homeowners tend to have a common thread that goes through their emotions or the way they want each room to feel? Or does each room have its own specific personality? Again, this from a eh, this is personality and there's there's sort of characteristics of consumers that we talk about from a uh, the science or the science of uh, the the mind, if you will. But generally, majority of people want there to be a flow throughout their home that feels harmonious and not um, that they just dropped you know Mars into the middle of their kitchen in their home. So. It shouldn't look, I mean, as a designer and someone who, who would be making suggestions, I would be suggesting to a client not to do something like that. There are clients who are going to say, nope, I want a 50s diner kitchen and I've always wanted that and that's what I, I want and you're going to sell it to them because <laughs> at the end of the day, we are making sales. But that is, it, we're always steering people towards that harmonious look because it's the most um, comfortable, casual and inviting feeling. Are there any recent materials that you're pretty pleased that you now have in your toolbox? Uh, I would generalize that to say yes. Uh, they're the newest materials. So textured melamines and what the um, uh, manufacturers have been able to do to make something that's essentially a resin look real is pretty amazing. And to get that in a consistent color and grain and have that ability to have a very contemporary look in a slab door, that's very popular right now and, and has it's continuing to grow in interest. So now there's variety in the wood species, if you will, that, that are available and the color palettes. And then the second place on that one, I would say is probably the metallics. We're seeing a lot more metallics come into the kitchen space and so more than just appliances, but in cabinet fronts and framework and a lot more interesting, I would say, slight industrial elements coming in. Are there a few trends right now that you're really happy to see? Yes. I love contemporary design, first of all. So this is, this is my favorite child, for sure, of all the style categories. And so what I think I would say from a trend perspective is I'm happy to see is the mixing of materials and creating that more natural environment. Uh, if we go back a couple of decades and talk about contemporary, it was more true style. So you would see the either the bright, I'm going to call it like primary colors or fluorescent colors or sterile environments, super minimal, uh, feels like you can't really live in that kitchen. It's just for looks. And the movement towards using multiple materials and textures and surfaces, it's just 
there's just so much going on that it's it's like an explosion of art in my brain. It's wonderful. Now, I'm a few years older than you, but I would like to try and extract a promise from you because you're more influential than I could ever hope to be in this space. Um, I grew up in a lime green enamel uh, appliance kitchen in my mom's house. Could you please make sure that that never comes back? I, I, I would like to say that I could try to influence that, but avocado green was it's very funny you're bringing that up because we talk about style trends and how people want to not relive that experience of bringing something in that's going to make their home look dated and therefore potentially unsaleable, or they have to reinvest, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to bring it up to date. And there are eras throughout time. And I've been in this industry over 30 years and I can look at the decades and, and look at the materials and know what the decade was. That That's just something I don't think we'll be able to escape because that would essentially mean that we're never moving forward. And that would sort of eliminate the entire style category of contemporary. That's a bit of a selfish question on my part because my children have uh, seen my mother's kitchen. And I loved my, <laughs> I loved the times that I spent in my parents' house growing up, but I don't need my children to have yet one more thing to make fun of me and call me old because I have a kitchen that is, I say, oh no, it's retro. And my kids say, no, daddy, that's old. I don't, I'm just trying, it's self-preservation is really all it is. I get it. (laughs) There is this trend as we move towards a more Spartan design aesthetic to remove bathtubs to just have your home have all these fancy freestanding spa steam showers you're not a big fan of the thought of removing every tub from a house no absolutely not because most homes let's just assume that there is a situation where there's at least two people in the home and potentially a child or two eventually even in a you know starting home if we look at new construction they're not eliminating a tub there's always one or two tubs in a three and a half bath home. If we take a look at removing all of that because it's our personal preference to not have to put to pick our leg up and put it over the side of a tub, or if we say that tub looks makes my bathroom look dated or traditional, there are certainly design tub designs out there that can incorporate a contemporary look. They're deep wells, straight sides, and they look just as beautiful as a a walk-in shower or that no barrier shower concept that is so popular right now. So from a practicality standpoint that it simply just doesn't make sense. And I think what I've read, most people would agree on that, that removing all tubs from the house is probably not the best idea. About that time somebody has a, a broken ankle or something and needs to soak it. So they're going for buckets, I guess. Are there a few basic rules that don't change regardless of what the materials or the aesthetic or the engineering changes are? Yes, absolutely. So one thing I would suggest for designers is to make sure they understand the proportion and balance composition in a design. And when I, when I say that, I mean thinking about everything. So if we start with an appliance, for an example, and we know the appliance is 36 by 36, they arrange. Uh, or a cooktop, then we are, we can build, I would call those building blocks then. We use building blocks to complete or complement from that element. 
So there's typically something we know before we get started. It could be the windows in the room, a door. It can be just the shape of the room. Um, so composition based on balance and proportion. So not having too many small doors and having that right ratio of um, like one third, two thirds, horizontal and vertical, but staying away from, uh, I would say, repetitive or details. So keeping it clean and minimalistic, super important in contemporary design, of course. So there's a lot of designers out there now hearing this going, well, of course, we know that. So um, there, to be thinking too about other art, uh, other style categories that are part of contemporary, that like where did contemporary come from and bringing those into play. So that can be art deco, minimalism, futurism, etc. It's a fluid category, so a contemporary is. So considering technology, which of course right now has a lot to do with lighting and bringing light into not only the workspaces, but to the interiors and um, really thinking through every aspect. It's a lot of work, but it's well worth it when it's uh, complete. And I totally can't, I can't believe I haven't brought up the dramatic change that lighting can make in the experience of a design. You can have two completely different kitchens just based on the way you light them. Absolutely. The, so now with lighting, we have not only let's add task lighting in various locations, but let's let the task lighting be mood based. So let's change the uh, temperature so that we can have it either warm for maybe a mood setting. So we're having dinner or we're having friends over or something like that, or we can go very cool for a bright space that, that is basically task oriented. And then on top of that, you have the dim ability. And now the newest element is actually color changing. So bringing that into the kitchen and bath space, it's probably even more important as people create luxury spa spaces in their bathrooms. Well, I'm very much looking forward to having another opportunity to talk to you in the future. I know you just finished KBIS. Correct. Yeah. A few months ago. Mm -hmm. I know that you've got about five minutes to catch your breath before you have to start preparing for the next run of conferences and trade shows. I really look forward to having a chance to talk to you again when you find out what the next new contemporary trend is going to be. Today, it has been my pleasure to have a conversation with Suzanne DeRusha. She is, of course, the president for Suzanne Kimberly Design and Consulting Incorporated. Suzanne, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really have enjoyed this. Uh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me.